Well, hey there, and welcome back to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live, Toaster360. He is Steve, Xbox Live, Stevevich, and we put the pedal to the metal in episode 91 today, October 12th, 2018. You know, this particular episode is, uh, you know, I, I would say it has plenty to geek out over, uh, you know, for the past several episodes, we have been doing gaming news and movie news. So we're going to play a little catch up on there. Gaming news includes Microsoft's latest possible acquisition, more backwards compatible titles for Xbox One, Blizzard and Lego partnering up, and more. Movie news includes the new Glass teaser trailer. Have you seen this, Steve? Don't think I have, Russ. Oh, oh wait a minute. I might have oh, seen it. I might have seen it, Aaron. Tease. Scarlett Johansson getting a Black Widow standalone movie. James Gunn making a comeback. Ooh. The latest activity regarding the Disney takeover at Fox. The new Vice teaser trailer. Have you seen that one, Steve? Vice. As in, like, Vice News? <laughs> no. <laughs> As in, like, Miami Boys. Uh, no, Steve. Okay. Vice President. <laughs> we will get in more. As we uh, reach that particular point. As in my head feels like it's in a vice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> and I'm going to go take a nap. So on top of all of those little goodies in the goodie bag, what good else? old Steve is going to continue where he started in last week's episode with, and we still, I mean, have we come up with a name for it? No. It's kind of like the, I don't know, release dates of video games and movies. This of, week in movie video game history. There you go. The <laughs> times of yesteryear. Russ, you're going to talk uh, about the, what's going on with CD Projekt Red in the news? You better. CD Projekt Red. You know, Steve... <clears throat> <clears throat> Are you referring to the possible uh, lawsuit? I am. You know, I thought I would let you take ownership of that since you're the, quite the Witcher <laughs> uh, super diehard Uber fan. Thank you. Over there. So uh, when we get into gaming news, uh, you can lead off with that story if you like. Thank you. I've written nothing down. That's okay. It's all committed to memory. I figured you would. <laughs> Mine like a steel trap, that guy. <laughs> Steel trap, that's just my crumb dome. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like this week has gone by quicker than normal. Russ, fall has been happening faster than normal. You think so? September went by in a blink of an eye, and now we're midway through October. See, to me, September kind of crawled its way through. No. And especially with all the heat. I was just like, man, like I'm just... Ready for some cooler weather. And just within, I would say, this past week, all of a sudden... It dropped 30 degrees. It yeah. did. And now we're like 65 degrees. It's like how it is in the Bay Area in California. And mm. I'm just like, oh, I like it. So I'm, I'm curious to see if it's going to stay. I don't know if we're going to... You know, we've been kind of on this roller coaster ride of temperatures of late. You know, you think it's going to go more cooler and all of a sudden it goes back up and spikes up to being super hot and then we get a run of the rainstorm coming through. Did you just say more cooler? Probably. Good job. Yeah, I, 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 um, 
It's quite possible, Steve. More betterist. More betterist. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> so I have an idea of what you've been playing this week, but have you played or watched anything other than what we're going to be talking about today later on in the program? Well, I've been continuing mostly and only on 24. Okay. The show is freaking amazing. Which season are you on now? Uh, four of 24. No. Um, yeah. What is the, the general premise of season four? I'm, I'm a little hazy in my 24, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, lineage. Pretty much what happens in every single season of 24. <laughs> It's lots of stress, Jack Bauer stress. put into an impossible situation. A lot of people involved, a lot of shouting, moles and uh, counter-terrorist unit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So how far are you in season four? Uh, let's see. I think I'm on one disc to the final disc. It's all, it, it's okay. Happened. So how did the, how does season four start out? Okay. Well, uh, Jack Bauer is trying to get his life together mm. outside of CTU, uh-huh. otherwise known as counter-terrorist unit. Oh, <sighs> thank you for that. Okay. And so he is kind of a, uh, he's leading up the security team before I think it's the Secretary of Defense. Secretary of Defense. And, uh, well, he's <clears throat> banging the Secretary of Defense's daughter at the same time, you know, trying to... <laughs> What? I don't get some kind of love life going on. You know, I, Jack has had a rocky romantic life for us. He's, he, he's a man of conflict. And uh, so anyhow. And a man of conviction. So er, that, that only happened in the beginning. And then later on when stuff starts to, when the bleep starts to hit the fan, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying, Russ? Uh-huh. Then, yeah, I know. So that's not, I mean, there's no romance in the thing. I mean, no. No, no. But there's some definite surprises and there's some return of characters that's like, oh, snap. Oh, mm. my goodness. Yes. But uh, I cannot believe it's taken you this long to finally watch that series. Well, I started watching that back in 2007. I thought I was a late bloomer just because several seasons had already transpired by the time I got on the 24 train. Well, Ross. I didn't have it. It's not okay. You give me a bad time about streaming. It's not available to stream. It's only available on mail in DVD. I know, but you've been getting DVDs for how many years now? Quite a while. There's like five or six discs per season. There are indeed. Exactly. So season, season four and I can't fit. There's four episodes per disc. I know. That's why you should have started when I did back in 2007. You would have been caught up by now. <laughs> I didn't have Netflix <laughs> back then. <laughs> I'm glad you're watching it, though. That's what, seriously one of my all-time favorite TV shows. And you can watch it like a movie now because you don't have to sit through all the commercials. Well, that's how it was for me, too, because we were also getting the DVDs from Netflix. So we would just get DVD oh. after DVD. And ah, at the ah. time, you know, uh, good old Mr. Pruitt was my roommate. Mm. And it was great because he was the one who introduced me to the world of 24. There were hours upon hours upon hours of binge watching. You know, Mr. Pruitt's also a very beautiful, bald, and bearded man. Yes, he is indeed, with a voice that could make velvet croon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
Anyway, yeah, no. So that's all I've been. I'm, I'm, that's that's all I've been watching right now. Oh God. Yeah, no, I got so I um, I was all in between the discs and I was getting with the seasons. Like I would get interrupted with other movies, and so I just thought I got to finish this season. So I just I ordered the all of the the rest of the season like in sequence, back to back to back. That's good. Good for you. Indeed. Well, I know you were also playing. Forza Horizon 4, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the program. Indeed. I picked it up, took a picture myself. I must say, I, I do believe you should share that with our listeners. That's a that's a picture worth a thousand words right there. And I will tell you, Russ, like dude at uh, GameStop, and then GameStop didn't pay me to say this. But anyway, I went to GameStop to pick it up. <laughs> and uh, Actually, GameStop has a restraining order on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't go step foot. I got to sneak in. <laughs> Um, so the dude was like, yeah, would you like to pre, uh, to, to pre-purchase any of the games that are coming out? And I go, no. And he goes, all right, well, if you, uh, I'll bring you up. If you're curious, you'll look over at this thing over here. And I looked over and I was like, <gasps> Red Dead Redemption, yes. Uh-huh. And so I, uh, I had some GameStop credit and I put down five bucks to reserve myself a copy. Well, good for you. That's coming up quickly as well. Indeed it is. I believe it's October 26th. Some, yeah, it's the end, the end of the month sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So beyond that, uh, I've been doing a lot of Junkenstein's Revenge on uh, Overwatch. That's right, you have. Mm-hmm. I'm glad mm-hmm. to see that you've jumped back into Overwatch. <laughs> I need to do the same, but um, there's just a lot of games out there, Steve. I know I sound like a broken record when I say that, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's about time. I, I concur. I think it's time for me to jump back into some Overwatch. I miss it. Well, no, not just that, Russ. It's about, it's about time a lot of, like, really good quality games are coming out, all, all of, like, one after the other. It seems like we've been waiting a while. Well, not me. I mean, when you have all well, three... Have. When you have all three systems, there's yeah, always no. something coming out, and you got to try and stay on top of them. Yeah. If it's not Horizon Zero Dawn, it's Sea of Thieves. If it's not Sea of Thieves, it's Mario Odyssey. If it's not oh, Mario Odyssey, gosh. it's, you know, Spider-Man. If it's not Spider-Man, it's God of War. See where I'm going with this here thing? Just barely keeping my head above water well, over it's a here. Good th- it's a good thing I'm watching other things instead of just playing three different systems <laughs> worth of games. Good. I got like this fragmented Great. memory of like all these stories kind of infused together. Like, I think Spider-Man was through Athens and <laughs> jumping up on top of a mushroom or something. Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man was running around with his kid and shooting bow and arrows at... Uh, Mech warrior I, I think Kratos was on a pirate ship. <laughs> Something had a Mario mustache. I don't know. <laughs> Suddenly Kirby popped out of nowhere. Uh, maybe I was just dreaming. Who knows? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, on my side of things, I was playing more of the Destiny 2 Forsaken DLC. I have to say... The same thing you said the last two episodes? No. Okay. Actually, the allure is beginning to rub off. Mm. And I think I know why. Mm. When I first started it, they had kind of this exposition sequence going where there's a lot of storytelling. You were introduced to this new world, that sort of thing. I am currently at a point where I'm having to go after, I believe it's called the Barons. And... 
that involves a lot of grinding. So you have mm. to go to these these public events, and it's just it's the same public event that goes on over and over and over again, where you have the same type of ship that drops onto the ground, and then you have some big baddie come out. And and to me, it's just it loses my interest after a while. I enjoy playing with friends up to a certain point, but having to do that in order to finally move along during the, the, the overall DLC portion of the story, it's just not my bag, man. Like I, I prefer more of kind of like a Witcher three experience where you just, you constantly have storyline that's going on. You're going to new locations or like a horizon zero dawn, something like that. These other types of like MMORPG type of games. Um, I really, I find the the mechanic of having these public events where they just constantly rinse and repeat and players scurry over and they battle the same enemies over and over and over again in order to try and get loot. I think it's just, it's a flawed approach. I, I like the idea of where they started with a public event, but I really want to see more kind of a procedural approach, I guess you could say, where like there's a bit more of an unpredictable randomness of sorts where it's not, I mean, literally it's even like the same um, VO that, that certain characters will say will get repeated also. I mean, it's literally the same mission that you have to like grind out like 20 times in a row or something. So that's the, uh, the only little part of it that I just, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll still make my way through it because I want to find out more about the story stuff, but mm. it's, you know, it's a little unfortunate. But it's not. But it's not like it's a huge surprise because, like I said, I mean, even when I was playing Star Wars: The Old Republic, they had the same kind of thing too. So, anyway, uh, I played a little bit more of the Sea of Thieves: Forsaken Shores. I was able to buy uh, my first ship skin, which you were present for, I believe. Yeah, you saw it on the sloop, and I believe you saw it on the brigantine. Believe it did, Russ. I think you said that last time. I yeah. don't remember if I did. If I did, I apologize, but I don't remember. It's still fresh in your did. mind, I guess. Well, I also bought a new suit. <laughs> Two piece or three piece? Oh, I bought the whole kit kit and the boots, Steve. Everything matches. It's a sight. Well, thank whole. goodness for that. Yeah. <laughs> now I actually have like two whole suits I can swap. <laughs> Nice. I just really haven't been uh, spending any money on there, but um. Well, without further ado, let's go into the segment that we can never like figure out what exactly the uh, name is. Um, what what are we going to call this? Is it going to be like movie date, movie and game dates? Of yesteryear? Uh, Significant movie game dates? I just said this week and movie and video game history. And you're like, oh, that oh, works. Perfect. Uh, th th that's exactly what you said last time. All right. I'm going to make a note of that. Go ahead. Steve. In one ear out the other. Such is my life. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to my world. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, how are you doing? Great, Russ. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Steve? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> The senile already has begun to set in. <clears throat> okay, right. So, uh, glad a lot of stuff is happening this year in uh, movie and video game history because there wasn't a whole lot happening a while ago, tell mm. you what. So, in movies, October 8th, 1993, Demolition Man. 
Oh. Came out, right? Demolition Man. Turns 25 today for those of you who can't do your arithmetic. Um, <laughs> what year did it come out? I said 1993. 1993, gotcha. <laughs> Here we go again. Just look at your computer and do your thing, okay? Richie who am I? GHX, what's GHX? <laughs> Thanks. Good grief. <laughs> Moving on, we got uh, Rushmore. Came out October 9th, 1998. Uh-huh. Mystic River. Mystic River. October 8th, 2003. That'll be uh, turning 15 today, Russ. You know, I don't know if I ever saw that movie. I, I, I think... I don't think you did. I I did, but I kind of forgot what it was about. But I don't think you did. And then, yeah, I know you're going to know this one. What? Oh, I love how the music just quieted down right then. Uh, uh, that wasn't even planned. We want to know. Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh, Volume 1. October 10th, 2003. That is a great movie. Anyway, Russ, moving on to video games. Mm. So uh, we're going to rewind again. October 7th. You remember this one, Russ? Peachy. Peachy. Yeah, you wouldn't remember it. You know why? No. Because it came out in 1938. It's a pinball machine. Oh, 1938 was a little bit before my time. Indeed. That's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was like kind of right around World War II. Yeah. Uh, fast forwarding quite a bit. Um, October 7th, 1998. Extreme G2. Came out. That's twenty years old. I don't know if I played that. Uh, I had buddies who did. I, that's. I, it was. Uh, what was it on the? I think it was like on the GameCube or the Super Nintendo. But uh, it's kind of like your F Zero ish kind of game, futuristic racing, where you can actually break the sound barrier while you're racing. Ah. Pretty fast. October tenth, we have Zelda. Zelda, the very first Zelda. No, the Wand of. Gam Gamlon or Gamelon or something like that. You know why you haven't heard of it, Russ? No. It didn't come out on, on uh, Nintendo. Where'd it come out? CDI. The Philips CDI. What? Hold on yes, a sir. second. That's that right. cannot have been great. Philips CDI. And uh, it sucked. How on earth would Nintendo ever okay having Zelda on CDI? Well, I didn't do That's a whole Phillips. research project on it, Russ, but I can if you want me to. I, I will request to uh, have that one be looked into a bit further because I okay. I think that's bogus. <laughs> it's not. Go ahead. Sir. Anyway. <clears throat> so. <laughs> what else we got here? Okay, so this one's for you. I always watched you play this game. Maybe not this one, but Samurai Showdown. Oh, yeah, that's a good game. The fifth one, though. Samurai Showdown 5, yeah. Samurai Showdown 5 turns 15 as of October 10th, 2003. Uh-huh. That was the old Neo Geo classic fighter yeah. game. Great animation. That, yeah. was, that didn't get... That that fighting game didn't wasn't not popular enough as it should have been. Now, that was a... It I flew away the radar that. a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't as big as Street Fighter no. or Mortal Kombat, but still, I mean, it had a, a cult following for sure. Yeah. 
Moving on to October 12th, Russ. <clears throat> You'll know this one. Tetris 2. Tetris 2. Tetris Okay, I'm going to guess. Did it come out in 1987? No. Did it come out in 1989? 1993. Oh, man, I was way off. Man, way off. What's the matter with you? Yeah, I was thinking of the first Tetris. Okay, Russ. Now you know this one, too. Okay. As of October 13th, 1993, also, we got NBA Showdown. Ah, uh, yes, I remember that. I never played the NBA Showdown. I, I suck at those sports games. I don't know. I can't. I get confused. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> that was all you, not me. <laughs> and I think, I forgot if you played this one or not. I definitely did not, but I think you did. Jax 2. I did not. Well, I know many people who did. Plus, I saw it on the shelf every single solitary time I went to a video game store. That's the uh, that's the sequel to Jack and Daxter. Yeah, yeah. Turn 15. So what year was that? Oh, I just closed out my notes. Good grief. <laughs> uh, 2003. Man, a lot of games for 2003. Indeed. Well, thank you for that, Steve. I like that. It's, it's nice to be able to kind of go down memory lane and you find like that, out Ross? which movies and games came out for that yeah, particular year. yeah. Okay, let's go into some gaming news. To kick things off, Microsoft reportedly planning to to acquire Obsidian Entertainment. Uh, That sounds familiar. What do they do? Uh, They make, I think, a lot of... Well, here, let's get into it here. According to sources close to Kotaku, Microsoft's acquisition of Obsidian is 90% complete, with one source saying it's a matter of when, not if. And to answer your question, Steve, some of Obsidian's most notable games include the Pillars of Eternity series, South Park, The oh. Stick of Truth, Knights of the Old Republic 2, and Fallout New Vegas. Oh. So it's continuing on to what um, Phil Spencer was talking about at E3, about a lot of the, the aggressive acquisitions of various developers, that sort of thing. Looks like he's making good on that pledge. Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 are now backwards compatible on Xbox One. Announced by Major Nelson on Twitter, these classics join the ever-growing library of backward compatible games on the system. They both come from the Metal Gear Solid HD collection released on the Xbox 360 and PS3 in 2011. The high-definition collection also contained Peace Walker, which was made available via backwards compatibility on Xbox One earlier this year. Our next story involves Blizzard, and they give a first look at Overwatch Lego. This actually has me very excited. Jeff Kaplan kicked the announcement off, showing Tracer as one of the minifigures of Lego. Lego went public shortly thereafter with an official Lego Overwatch page with a teaser for another Overwatch character that will be obvious to any fan. I have a quote here. Imagination is the essence of discovery, reads the page. I knew it. Which features a clump of bananas. It's an in-game line from Winston, Overwatch's sentient gorilla, who naturally has a love of bananas. Now, Steve. And peanut butter. That's right. Cannot forget. You know, I hope they, I'm sure they'll add a little thingy of peanut butter for him to hold on to. Peanut butter makes more sense than bananas. Yeah. Because he even says, no, I do not want a banana. That's right. How many characters do you think they're looking at releasing for the uh, the first batch? Now, sorry, Russ, you have the music playing too loud in my ears. I can't even hear what you just said. I was curious what you thought the number of characters they're going to release for the first batch of these Lego minifigs. Twelve. 
Close. Eight. That's oh, what's rumored anyway. Off. Yeah, they, they might have more, but but eight seems to be kind of like the, the going number at this point. Do you think you're going to pick them up? No. See, I know you're a fan of Lego. <laughs> Don't act like you're too cool for school. <laughs> I only buy from Legos that have 36,000 pieces. <laughs> well, the... <clears throat> The LEGO Overwatch sets don't yet have any release date, nor is it known which additional characters will be included or what any of the maps that will become sets will be. But I've, I'm pretty sure I can be confident when I say I'm sure they'll have like certain maps that they'll kind of have like a base HQ kind of thing, you know? Gibraltar comes to mind, that sort of thing. Right. Now, PlayStation Classic will not see post-launch games and has no PSN functionality. We mentioned this a little bit a little while back on a previous episode, but Jonathan Dornbush reports with the PlayStation Classic's reveal came confirmed five of the 20 games to be included in the nostalgic console, as well as what players will be getting for the $99.99 price point. The initial launch lineup will be the full catalog for the PlayStation Classic, There's a quote here. There are no plans to bring new content to PlayStation Classic post-launch, a PlayStation spokesperson said. Along those lines, a PlayStation spokesperson confirmed that the PS Classic will not have any online PSN functionality or connect to PSN accounts or services. So it sounds like it's pretty kind of like what you see is what you get. And uh, I'm kind of on the fence in terms of whether or not I want to pick one up because, like, on the one hand... I really want to get the NES Classic. Really want to get the SNES Classic. I really, I really want to get the, the Sega Genesis Classic when it comes out. But the PlayStation, eh. and I remember asking you about this, and you didn't seem like you were too interested either. Yeah, it's a bit too soon for me, you know. I concur, Steve. Absolutely. And that's your gaming news. Now let's go ahead and segue ourselves right into movie news, Steve. Now. <clears throat> I let's see here. You know what, Steve? I what, just Russ? I just had a startling revelation. Yes. You didn't talk about CD Projekt Red's story. That's right, Russ. <laughs> well, Steve, <laughs> allow me <laughs> to uh, uh man just segue back into gaming news how about that sounds like this is the remix going on (laughs) yeah i'm at the club or something man what's the dj playing now (laughs) you just heard this song (laughs) oh man take it away steve okay so the basis of this story the author of the witcher books and i can't pronounce the guy's name but everyone who knows the witcher knows the guy's name Okay, so basically, he made the wrong choice back in the day. All right? Okay. What happened was he sold the rights to the Witcher books, the stories, to CD Projekt Red because he didn't really believe that his books were going to sell much more any, anything. And he says, okay, well, just give me the money now. I'm good. Here you go. I'll write over everything. And CD Projekt Red, to their credit, said, okay, we can either, okay, we can either give you royalties for whatever we make or you can just take your money now and be good. He goes, I want the money now and I'm good. And everything is written. Like everything is documented here. 
So he took his money, he left, he said, I don't know what they're gonna do with it, I doubt it's gonna even succeed, whatever, I'm out, I'm happy. Well, CD Projekt Red kept the faith, kept the passion, made a bunch of games, and of course, Witcher 3 is making a ton of money, and now, the author's coming back saying, I want royalties, and I'm suing you for 16 million dollars. 16 mil. 16 mil. And so they, uh, Andrew something something Oski, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can see the guy's face. I can't remember his name. Anyhow, he sends the, you know, the he, his lawyer sends CD Projekt Red the letter saying, okay, this is what's up. You're being served, blah, blah, blah. And if you make this public, you suckers got served. <laughs> if you make this public, I don't know, some threat, like, you know, we're going to do this, that, the other. CD Projekt Red, like the very next day goes, bam, like right on their, right on their webpage, just blasted all over the internet saying, hey, this is what this guy's doing. It's kind of like saying, give it your best shot. You're not getting <clears throat> nothing. We gave you the, the opportunity to invest and to get royalties. You could have been rich. You said, no, sorry, it's not our fault. Man. So how do you feel about that? I'm with CD Projekt Red all the way. All the way? All the way, baby. It's kind of like, look, <clears throat> if we give you the option up front and we're crystal clear about you want the money now, you want it later on, but if you do it later on, you're going to have more. It's kind of like how interest works. Mm. Okay, so if you invest in something and you only let it sit for a little bit and you get your money out, okay, fine. If you let it simmer and let the interest compound upon itself, then 10, 15, 20 years from now, you're going to have it exponentially a lot more cash. Hmm. Like, what would you do? I would like to have a lot more cash, especially if the amount right away is pretty small. And it was, I think, I mean, it was literally like $10,000 or something like that. Oh, don't, wow. don't, don't, don't quote me on it, but I mean, it was like in the thousands. And not even that much. Like, the guy was ready to, to write the whole entire series off. That's how done with it he was. Man. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of a... <sighs> uh, yeah, man, it, it's crazy when you look at your, your creation and how it's met with a lot of monetary success. <clears throat> I mean, it, it just really goes to show the importance of making sure you really read through contracts and that you have certain addendums in place that help to be able to safeguard certain things and help you be able to share in that success if that were to happen. I mean, e even if he were to have, like, say, 10% of the uh, the profit sharing, I mean, that that's still, I would think, would be a pretty penny to him considering just, just the success that CD Projekt Red has had with the three Witcher games. And Gwent. I mean, Gwent is, is like the latest kind of offshoot of that. Yeah. It made me think that the... Uh, oh, man. See, I, I know I didn't come prepared for this story, Russ. But the person, okay. who, the person who's helping CD Projekt Red out with Cyberpunk, I think, has taken the latter course because he is, like, deeply involved in the game and guiding CD Projekt Red throughout the entire, you know, creating the atmosphere, the characters, you know, what to expect, this, that, and the other. Like, he is hand-in-hand hand with them. I think he's going to be royally benefited. Hmm. Well, okay, now that we have our stuff on track, and thank you very much for letting us know about that, Steve. Sure thing, Russ. <clears throat> Instead of going right back into the DJ things, I know you, you're, you're, you're getting a little dizzy from all the back and forth on that. About to lose my balance. <clears throat> I decided to just um, swap some stuff around here. So, so 
This, what I thought would be fun to do to kick off this thing properly is to watch the glass teaser trailer number two. And you were saying you have not seen this? I think I have. You think you I, have? I think I have. Are you familiar with like just the whole timeline of this? Uh, the, uh, no. Okay. So just really quickly. So unbreakable, which I believe you did. Right. See. Yes. Okay. So that was the first film. Right. And then they actually came out with a second film called split, which I have not seen yet, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. Everybody says I got to see it. <clears throat> and I, and I learned enough to know that like it actually takes place during the unbreakable timeline. So I'm like, Oh, this is different. I think I saw a split, but I, I don't know if it was, I don't know. I remember the movie out and I was like, oh, I want to go see it. And then I, I, I I'd like to watch it with you if you're interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the latest one is called Glass, which if you recall from Unbreakable, that was the Samuel L. Jackson character. Mm-hmm. He was really brittle. All his bones and stuff were like mm-hmm. uber brittle. And he you know, just was kind of like the contrast to Bruce Willis, who was just like this like crazy strong guy. Anyway, check this out. Elijah has changed over the years. He's given up. We keep him heavily sedated. But there is a reason for that. He's too smart for them. You won't be lonely anymore. You have two new friends. Three of you think you have extraordinary gifts, like something out of a comic book. I've developed an effective treatment for this disorder. The light will force a different identity to take over. Por favor, senora. I want my headphones back. Step away from the controls now, little doctor. Can't beat the beast! So you're not going to shake my hand and let me walk out of here? <laughs> Good for you. What do you want? I am here to see if tales of the extraordinary being are true. May I meet the beast? I'm Mary Reynolds. I need your abilities to get us all out of here and show the world we exist. That sounds like the bad guys teaming up. Do you believe you are an avenging angel? I'm Avengers. I have to get out of here before he gets out. They are contained. They always underestimate the mastermind. It has begun, David. I found someone who will require your full potential. You shouldn't be hiding in the shadows. You might want to try and stop us. A lot of people are going to die. Now, who'd like a PB and J sandwich? We are not meant to have this much power. Finally, all of us together for the world to see what we are capable of. You need to get out of here. What 
Sure, everybody listening in the uh, vehicles or on their phones in the gym have absolutely no clue what that uh, trailer was showing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, what'd you think? I think the trailer showed a lot more than it probably should have. Really? Yes. And then I I just kind of got sort of... The mystique was gone. I mean, I kind of saw a little bit too much. I was excited to see the uh, actor. It was the guy who played... uh, Professor Xavier in the latter X-Men. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hey, the, the actor's name uh, escapes me, but he was the one who was in Split. Was he? Yeah. Ah, that was the, the main actor for that. So I think it looks great. I think that um, <clears throat> we should definitely watch Split just to get ourselves caught up properly to it. I, for one, look forward to it. I, I think that I definitely don't want to see any more. Like in any of the other trailers come out, I'm probably going to avoid just because, I mean, they really did give a lot of exposition in this particular trailer. So. That trailer was long. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving right along here. Scarlett Johansson to reportedly earn $15 million for standalone Black Widow movie. The Hollywood Reporter reports that Johansson's salary quote, equals what Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth earned for playing Captain America and Thor respectively in this year's Avengers Infinity War, end quote. So good for her. Johansson's first standalone film salary is higher than some of her other MCU co-stars, as Robert Downey Jr., for example, took home... Actually, I'm going to ask you, how much do you think Robert Downey Jr. took home for his first outing as Iron Man? Like number... Uh, just Iron Man 1? Uh-huh. $5 million. Less. 800000 Less. Really? He took home $500,000. That was my next guess. That was his paycheck for the first Iron Man. <clears throat> Scarlet first played Black Widow in 2010's Iron Man 2 and received about a low seven-figure salary for the first Avengers movie in 2012, in which, at that point, Robert Downey Jr. made $50 million. Ah, I bet he bought himself a new laptop. I'm sure he <laughs> bought himself a couple of things. <laughs> a couple of uh, new pairs of sneakers. But, I mean, what a great story. I mean, going from 500000 for the first film and then sticking with it, and then, wow, just $50 million. That's, that's uh, pretty amazing. It's a lot of greenbacks, dude. That's, uh, the Hollywood Reporter also re- um, mentioned that multiple sources who are knowledgeable on the topic confirmed Johansson's Black Widow pay figure, but... A Marvel spokesperson said in a statement response that, quote, Marvel Studios disputes the accuracy of these numbers, and as a matter of policy, we never publicly disclose salaries or deal terms, end quote. So, you know, take it for what it is. Apparently, some people think that she's going to be paid 15 mil. Others are saying, well, maybe she's not. You never know. Maybe uh, Chris Evans wasn't getting paid enough. You never know, Steve. You heard about his little tweet, <laughs> didn't you, Russ? Please do tell me, Steve. <laughs> I have it pulled up right now. <laughs> Officially wrapped on Avengers 4. It was an amazing... It, <clears throat> it was... It's not amazing. It was an emotional day, to say the least. Playing this role over the last eight years has been an honor. To everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera... And in the audience, thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. 
That's hmm. a sayonara message right there, Russ. It is indeed. But I guess Cap maybe comes back from the dust at some point. Yeah. I don't know if did he fade away in the. No, I gotta watch no. it again. He did not. He was one of the ones that were left alive. For now. I cannot wait to see what happens. I have the that movie on my uh, my Netflix list. So uh, when it comes in, which it will on Blu-ray, I'll have to either have you over or uh, I'll bring it over here. Well, Steve, while you're waiting, you might as well plop up on the couch because I already have it on my Xbox oh. Live account. Glorious HD. So if you like to do so you can watch it whenever you like <laughs> gotta fill that eight terabyte hard drive up with something I guess absolutely right. it's a uh, it's a sight to behold Steve it's a thing <laughs> of beauty James Gunn to write and possibly direct Suicide Squad 2 good luck with that the rap reports that Gunn is in talks to write and direct the Suicide Squad sequel, while Polygon has confirmed Gunn will write it, but Warner Brothers had no comment on whether he would also be directing it. According to the report, the Guardians of the Galaxy veteran is in talks to write and has an eye to direct the DC anti-hero sequel. What's more, Gunn is said to be taking a completely new approach to Suicide Squad rather than following closely to what was established in the 2016 original. Okay, I have a few thoughts about this I'd like to share with you. Do you? I do. So, we it's no secret. The first Suicide Squad was just a disaster of a film. The only thing that was salvageable from that... Margot Robbie. Absolutely. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And actually, I mean, Jared Leto had an interesting take on the Joker, but I, I don't think that was just appropriate for the film that was just it was everything was just so shoehorned in it didn't work out right fast forward to this type of of approach if there was ever a director who quite possibly could turn it into something fun and engaging and entertaining i think it's james gunn I think that out of any kind of director that comes to mind, he is someone who I do believe could single-handedly turn that into maybe not something as successful as Guardians of the Galaxy, but definitely something that's going to be taken way more seriously moving forward. And I, for one, hopes, I mean, like, you know, with the writing, okay, great. But I really do hope that that it is confirmed officially that he will be directing, because I think that's going to be actually a really good pick. Another thought I had, too, is that I find it fascinating how he has moved from the Marvel camp into the DC camp. And we're kind of seeing this pattern emerge. Because if you recall, after Avengers 2, Joss Whedon stopped making Avengers films. He got burned out on the pressure and everything else of doing so. But then when Justice League, the movie, was coming out, he stepped in after the tragedy um, that... Um, what is his name? Zack Snyder. I was going to say Brian Singer. Um, you know, if you recall, Zack Snyder had a tragedy in his family he had to go attend to. And so <laughs> jo Joss Whedon came in and, and started doing things. So I was like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of interesting. And I, I didn't really think too much of it. I thought it was like a, a one-off. However, I do believe that we potentially are going to be seeing kind of an interesting trend here that I think could benefit DC very, very well. Because if there continues to be certain directors who, who have been in the Marvel camp, they are obviously know what the formula is, the chemistry, everything else. And then for whatever reason, they leave Marvel and they go across the fence to see DC. I think we, we as fans, may be in store 
for some pretty awesome movies to come out because that has been kind of like the biggest issue ever since um, I would say Christopher Nolan left. You know, when Christopher Nolan did his Batman stuff, there really hasn't been. I mean, I'll say Zack Snyder did a decent job on Man of Steel. But really, like, there hasn't been, like, this flux of, like, fresh directorial talent um, up until now. So, what do you think? Try and keep an open mind, Russ. You're a man of few words, Steve. Try and keep an open mind. DC needs help. They need all the help they can get. Anything with the Henry Cavill? With DC? I mean, is he he for sure gone or is he like uh, hanging by a thread? I I think he's still involved with the Superman thing. There Uh has not been a a definite yes or no. Uh Um, He's also, I mean, he's definitely working on the Witcher series on Netflix. Yes, Russ. We all know that. Well, you know, that's what he's focusing on right now. I'll tell you something. If it was James Gunn who was doing the, uh, you know, Justice League. The old no, dick. James Gunn's not doing Justice League. He's doing I, Suicide Squad. I said if it was James Gunn doing Justice League, uh-huh. Russ, he wouldn't put up with no digital upper lip. I don't think so. No. Speaking of Disney. And digital upper lip. <laughs> no. <laughs> They confirmed that Marvel uh, would take over X-Men franchise after Fox merger. So there you go. Cha-ching. What we've been waiting for. Speaking to The Hollywood Reporter, Iger responded to a question on how Marvel will absorb the X-Men franchise and if Kevin Feige will oversee it. This is kind of a lengthy quote, but he said, I think it only makes sense. I want to be careful here because of what's been communicated to the Fox folks, but I think they know it only makes sense for Marvel to be supervised by one entity. There shouldn't be two Marvels, end quote. This tell, is, tell that to Sony. <laughs> this, of course, isn't necessarily a confirmation that X-Men will become part of the MCU. There is presumably some question of how to intertwine or wrap up the current X-Men timeline. Or if it would be rebooted entirely. I vote reboot entirely. I concur. Okay. <clears throat> I, I just know that that uh, it's going to be a joyous occasion to be able to see the X-Men. I have a feeling they're going to just, you're going to wrap up with the Avengers. You know, that they've been kind of working on that for quite a few years now. And being able to make that, that nice little segue into X-Men. I think that could be potentially very cool. Speaking of X-Men, there, you, know, you see the trailer that with the Dark Phoenix? Uh, yeah, what did you think of it? I, I mean, I did, there really wasn't a whole lot to go off of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm marginally interested. I didn't look terrible. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Well, the final uh, little uh, tidbit here for movie news involves the teaser trailer for the movie Vice. Ah. Now, I want to see if you're going to recognize. Um, so th- the the premise of this is that it takes place during the George W. Bush administration. Oh. So you have an actor who, who of course, plays W. W or W. Yeah. <laughs> you have another actor who plays Dick Cheney. You also have another actress who plays uh, Dick Cheney's wife, Lynn Cheney, and you have a certain actor who plays Donald Rumsfeld, which is crazy to say those names because it seems like eons ago that this happened. So I'm sure I want to see if you can recognize some of these people, particularly one, because it's pretty crazy. I'm not going to tell you who they are. So uh, 
Did you did you have a certain thought before we start this, Steve? Or uh, you just kind of already started it? Well, but, it, but it's not yeah. fully started. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, 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 I don't have any thoughts, Russ. I, I, I figure all <laughs> the actors would play the other people. I mean, that if it's a, it's a movie for crying out loud. No, but I don't think you are going to be able to recognize. Uh-huh. I think you'll be able to recognize everybody except for the person who plays Dick Cheney. Okay. And I want to see if you recognize who it is. Okay. Have you like seen any information on it? No. All right, let's give it a look. See, what do you say? I want you to be my VP. I want you. You're my vice. Well, George, honey, uh, I'm the CEO of a large company, and I have been Secretary of Defense, and I have been White House. Chief of Staff. The Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh-huh. However, if we came to a uh, different understanding, I can handle the more mundane jobs overseeing bureaucracy, military, energy, and uh, foreign policy. Yeah, right. I like that. I got a plan. I know the direction. The lay of the land. When you have power, people will always try to take it from you, always. No, no, nothing can break, no, nothing can break me down. I'm the man. Are you even more ruthless than you used to be? Right hand to God. First in command. So we gonna do this thing or what? I mean, is this happening? I believe we can make this work. <laughs> Hot damn! So you obviously saw who was playing as they had the name plastered up there. What do you think? That is crazy. Isn't that nuts, dude? Man, I mean, in the beginning, I was like, oh, that, 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 that's, uh, that's, uh, who is that? <laughs> and then from other angles, I was like, oh, that's, that's, uh, like Chevy Chase. <laughs> no, it's not. Who is that? I didn't recognize that person. Yeah. And then I was trying to place who was playing, uh, Georgie. Uh-huh. I'm trying to remember what movies he was in. Oh, that's Sam Rockwell. I know, but what, I, I'm trying to remember what he was in. He's been in a ton of films. Like, okay, so the first time that you and I ever saw him was in the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. What are we standing here for? Let's get him. You want me first, Junior? Huh? <laughs> We're a family. <laughs> what? What were you? You mean this here and that down there? Family? Okay. Okay, so he was in that. He's also in. He was in Iron Man Two. He was. That's where I'm thinking of him from. He was the uh, the CEO of that other the, the rival tech company. Corp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he was also in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The oh movie. yeah, that one. <clears throat> I never saw that one. Okay, he was in Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I know Russ with Cameron Diaz and Lucy no. Liu. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew Barrymore. No. Anyway, 
The man is talented, Steve. And, uh, of course, I, I assume you recognize Steve Carell. Yeah. Yeah, playing Donald Rumsfeld. I thought that was Oh, good. that's... That might work. I think so. And then Amy Adams playing Lynn Cheney, hmm. which I'm a big fan of hers as well. But, dude, you know Christian St- Bale as Dick Cheney, man. Do you know Steve Carell is uh, coming out with another film? Well, what is it called? It's like... He was uh, he was beat up and mugged and beaten to the inch of his life, and he kind of makes do with uh, like uh, trying to get his psyche back together and get his physical shape back together, you know, because he was couldn't walk for some time. It was like it's a very like serious drama movie, which is totally mm. different for him from you know all the comedy he's been in. I forgot what the name. I is. might have seen something about that because that vaguely sounds familiar. Yeah, I saw the trailer before work, and I was I was going to tell you what it was and I had to go to work. Well, anyway, so, yeah. So the, if you, if you notice too, the director of vice actually was the director from the big short. Yes. Which was another great film. So yes. It comes out, vice comes out on Christmas and oh, that's such a Christmasy movie. It's a- <laughs> oh man. After I spend time with the family and, uh, open up some, some gifts, I just want to go watch a movie about, uh, troubled politics. Yeah, exactly. But we have got to see that. I think, um, if for nothing else, we're going to be in for a major treat with just the acting alone. Um, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be fantastic. And I'm, of course, a, a big fan of Christian Bale. So. And I think you are as well, Steve. Yeah. So without uh, further ado, I do believe it is time for our topic of the day. Our topic of the day for this particular episode is Forza Horizon 4. It debuted last week, and Steve and I have been putting a significant amount of time into the game. Steve, what do you think of it so far? Well, Russ, I, I'm a little bit conflicted. I like, you know, I'm, I'm wait, having, wait, wait, wait. I'm a little wait, conflicted, Russ. You, you chose the word conflicted. I did. And applied it to Forza Horizon 4. I did, Russ. I'm a man of high standards. Yeah. Oh, great. By the way, your feet great. are like right on oh, my feet. Great. <laughs> <sighs> Steve, is it, are you going to go on a diatribe about Forza Horizon 4? Diatribe? I don't know about that, Russ. All I'm saying, I, I want to start out, Russ, that when I started playing, like really getting into Forza was with the last one, with three, Forza Horizon, Trace, Horizon. Yes, there you go. That's a good game. A new staple, the new standard, which all of the racing games across the platforms have to be, have to, have to compete against. Adhere to. It's got the number Strive one for. spot. You know what I mean, Russ? Both in, in the beauty of the game and, and atmosphere, sound, graphics, just depth. I mean, everything about the game. I, oh, just driving bliss, okay? Even with the DLC. I didn't, and I haven't yet to get the Blizzard Mountain. I just got the, uh, the, the Hot Wheels. 
I love it. You love the Hot Wheels. I love it. It was perfect. It was brilliant. Now, and you know, I've been looking forward to the fourth one for quite some time. Anticipating it. Wanting it. Desiring it. Dreaming about it. And now that it's finally released, I look at it and I think... Not so much has really changed from Forza Horizon 3, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But it's not so much that's in like, you know, this highly anticipated sequel. Look all this new stuff we got going on here. It's just kind of like a, we took a lot of elements from the third one and we put it into the fourth one and it still works. It's just not as exciting because it's like you're putting in a different version of the game you just played. Okay. I'm glad I didn't say anything as you uh, Was that a blowing out the snot rocket Or was that a snuffing it in snot rocket No huh? that was just making room for my Oxygen <laughs> Hold on Steve <laughs> Okay I can breathe again <laughs> Cut down my Nasal yeah. uh, Inflections by 50% <laughs> I'm not going to step over there anymore. Um, So what do you think of it? What do I think of it? Okay, first of all, it is a lot of fun. I think it's a very fun game. I'm glad that Horizon continues its bread and butter of the magic that is Horizon. I really do like how they change. It sounds simple, but I mean, in... In a world like Horizon, which is very unique when you compare it to just the the standard Forza Motorsports series. Yes. I really like how you go to these different countries because I could just see, you know, like, for instance, if I were to collect, say, five Horizon games over the next several years, it's going to be fun to be able to race on these different tracks or these different places. Like if I am in the mood and like want to go back to Australia, I could go back to horizon three. If I want to race around in, in Britain, I can go to horizon four and it makes me look forward to seeing what other kind of countries they're going to be working on because they, they just put so much TLC into the environments and especially given where hardware spec is at currently the environments, not only in, in, in the horizon series, but in a lot of these titles of late, the, the environments have really gotten a facelift. They've really just, you know, gone to the next level in terms of detail and graphics fidelity. And that translates in, into more of a realistic, immersive experience for me as I play it. And I think it's great to be able to have that. I do think, and I, and I talked to our good old friend Brad about this. I think what makes the Forza Horizon 3 game special is that they successfully tapped into the persona of Australia and they were able to put that and, and fuse it into the racing mechanics of Forza. And I really do believe that that was a successful marriage of the two, because if you think about it, kind of, you know, the reputation of the Aussies, right? You know, you have the, um, the, 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 the types of, of folks who were just, you know, there's, there's no rules, just ride, you know, going out, having a good time, very much more of a relaxed type of persona. Did you just quote the Outback motto? I did. Man. But because that's actually not just Outback, Steve. 
they take it actually from <laughs> the Outback. So I think it's it's really cool to to actually have that work. And I think it's very different when it comes to Horizon 4 because obviously Britain has, as a country, a very different vibe than Australia. But having said that, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I do think that there is a lot that Britain as a country in terms of their persona also offer. And so I think it's cool because I do that think that that too fits into this mold of horizon itself. I think that horizon three will always have, um, you know, a special place in my heart, but I got to say, I'm having a lot of fun with, um, horizon four and, I think that there are, you know, it's interesting because they introduced, my understanding is, is they introduced quite a few new features in Horizon 3. And in Horizon 4, they've been able to kind of massage it a bit more and polish it up and have things just kind of work a bit more organically. And behind the scenes, it's not as clunky, I guess you could say. And so, I mean, from that standpoint, I really do appreciate what they've been able to do. And I just, I mean, I love being able to drive around an entire country that has all kinds of sights and sounds. And I've, I mean, I've never personally been to Britain someday. I hope to be able to go and visit, but I think it's, it's really cool from a gaming perspective. And once again, that this plays into what I mentioned earlier, which is just to be able to have each version of horizon be dedicated in a specific country, I think is great because then you as a gamer then get exposed to, kind of the culture of that country, what the the actual geography um, of the country entails and stuff. I don't know. I, I think it's cool because if you compare it to, say, Forza Motors, Motorsport 7, for instance, they tend to go on a tour. So, like, you go to all the famous racetracks of the world. So you're ping-ponging between countries, but you're never actually seeing the country itself. You're just going to the Autobahn or not. It's actually not even the Autobahn. It's like Nuremberg and all these other places. And so I think as a result, I I do think it's a lot of fun. I do think it was a smart decision for playground games to be able to choose Britain as their next game because playground games is actually based their Their studio is based in Britain. And I think it's cool too, because obviously with the Australians versus the British, they're kind of like this, distant cousin of sorts in terms of, of just how everything is set up and that sort of thing. The Aussies left the crown. They did. They did, but they didn't. They still, did you know that they still have Queen Elizabeth on their currency? Do they, bros? Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Well, here's a, here's a dealio, Ross. So I, with Forza Horizon 3, it worked well with the hardware it had. Mm -hmm. This one not so much in a way. So partially it's it's due because I know, you know, Microsoft wants to push the limits of the games. They want everyone to eventually upgrade to the, the 1X. So, for example, if you so there's some slowdown in the game. There's a lot going on. There's definitely slowdown. It's happened too many times that I could count, and it's not terrible. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough that you definitely notice it. Or if you're just free roaming and there's some shadow on the streets or wherever you are, the shadows just start to clip in, clip out. It's like one second per frame. And then you look, you change the camera back to the trees and the trees are just blowing normally like a completely different <clears throat> engine for both of them or something. And so, and that happens all the time also. Mm. Um, 
some of the cars have better detail. Some of the cars have less detail. And sometimes the game just quits. Like that, that, that is very true. I've <laughs> had the game crash on me, um, me a couple of different times, which I'm surprised about because Horizon 3 never did that for me. Horizon, it did for me. It did for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it did actually, I remember playing it here with you and you were back and forth. I think it was like over Christmas or something and it was crashing all the way back to the Xbox dashboard. They have to really? start the game all the way over again. Yep. Not as much. This one has happened... Um, not a lot, but enough to where you're going, this is a brand new game and it's right. crashing. The demo did the same thing. Actually, the very first time I played the demo, it crashed. I'm okay. like, I guess I'll start over now. Okay. Um, you know, one thing I noticed too is that there's a lot less traffic in this game than in Forza Horizon. I'll have to bring back Forza Horizon. I'm keeping it, Russ. I'm keeping it. <laughs> um, you're, you're holding it hostage. Indeed. Um <laughs> I noticed there's a lot less people and a lot less cars in the, on the streets. I have actually, now that you, you mentioned it, I have noticed the same thing. I think with in terms of the cars, if you notice, they are starting to bring in just random gamers into the same world. It's yeah. almost kind of like Sea of Thieves in the sense where like, you know, you get dropped into a server and you have like, I don't know, 15 other people that you see on the world map that are doing their thing. They're They're on their own unique careers, you can interact with them if you want to, uh, or you can do your own thing. And I, th and I think that's part of it. Right. Um, which I like, I mean, I like the idea of having like real life people just racing around, but at the same time, I do also appreciate having kind of the NPC, like regular cars driving around that way. It doesn't seem like it's a bunch of dead streets, <laughs> but in terms of the people, like what you're talking about, that is true. I haven't really seen it. And I obviously I haven't played enough, um, through the game, but I have not seen the expansions. If you recall in Horizon 3, you had the ability to be able to open up other types of like HQs, if you will, throughout the whole right. um, country of Australia. This one just has the, the one HQ that I'm aware of, and then the seasons change. I'm not sure um, if as I play along more of those HQs will open up. What they have introduced is the idea of purchasing real estate, which I think is kind of neat where you can go and you can buy certain types of houses, which really all they really do is serve as checkpoints. It's not like you can go into the house and right. hey, check out my digs, you know, yeah. like it's designed so that if you need to swap out a car or make upgrades or whatever, you don't have to drive clear across the country in order to make those changes, which is nice. I like that. Yeah. I hope though that they do still have multiple HQs because I like the idea of like as you built up in popularity, you also were able to open up more venues and then those venues also based on how much racing you do around them will continue to, to scale up and grow and have a lot more bells and whistles added to and the crowds get bigger. Right. I, that was something I really enjoyed in Horizon 3. Yeah. Speaking of upgrades too, one thing they need to fix is when you're selecting new wheels for your vehicle, what'll happen is you bring up the menu, the wheels are all displayed on the bottom of the screen, and typically you will be able to move the camera around to see what your car would look like with different vehicles at different angles. Something happens where in the beginning it all it's all fine, but then the camera gets stuck at a certain base level. Um, at the bottom of the car and you can't really see the wheels because the wheels are covered up with the selection of other random wheels you can choose. Huh. So you're like, how do I look at this in my car? And you have to kind of really bend the camera to, to make the wheel appear through like the cracks of the menu to look at it. 
that's happened way too many times. Like, and you've been more is, of that kind of like yeah. grease monkey of sorts where you that's like right, to Russ. really get in and just tune all of your vehicles. I've done a little bit of it, but obviously not as much to the point where, you know, you're knee deep in all these different types of accessories. I like to tinker. You do. <laughs> One thing I will say though, they've improved the sound a bit. They have indeed. I've actually purchased, speaking of sound, I've purchased a couple of the songs from iTunes. Ah, yeah. Oh, find out yeah. where they are. So the playlist of music is great. They, they went through all the channels. Yes, and they did. Man, I remember I remember driving to work this week, and I, and I have to listen to classical in the morning because I'm not a morning person. I need quiet music in the morning. And I thought, man, if only I had the classical station on Forza Horizon 4 playing because that's better than the regular radio. Sure. Um, but I mean, even their Pulse channel is awesome and their hospital channel is awesome. Like they went through and they added a ton of music. Right. And you in the settings, you can actually turn off the DJ too. So you don't have to be interrupted. Really? It can be just playing music on and on, on and on and on and on and on. I need to find that option because I would prefer to have them off. Yeah. And some of the vehicles do have like more bass sound to them, which I was asking for in Forza Horizon 3, which, you know, the, some of the vehicles sounded good. Some of them didn't sound really that good, but I wanted that internal combustion, that... And this one, it's not a lot, but it's an improvement, which is nice. And different cars have different exhaust sounds. Like some of them will crackle a little bit more. Some mm-hmm. of them will do it a little bit less. And that's good, Ross. Another side note regarding the music, I discovered when you pause the game and you're in the menu, it'll actually have a small little window there that actually shows the the album artwork yes. and the name of the song, which right. I'm like, wow, that's really that's cool. convenient because yeah. like I said, I've already purchased two of the songs because I like them so much. So I think that's pretty cool. I also like the idea of the drone. Have you used that much? Yes. Actually, I, was, I need to mention that. The drone in Forza Horizon 3 was better. You can get there was a, a drone in three. I didn't yes, even know they had were. a drone in That's three. Right, right. Man, you need to play that game. You need to return that game. It's mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> why don't you come over and take it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the the drone and, and the third one, you can actually get a lot more altitude with it. So, if you're going around the barn finds and you and you're in a bunch of trees and you can't really see much, you're running and everything with your car, you can just throw out the drone and get some altitude and find that barn. And this one, it's only like the drone can get about yeah, the height of your avatar. It's not very avatar. high. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the avatars. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was the next uh, item on my list here. Is, need to change. It's, you can tell that the developers are wanting to add more personality to the game. And it's it's just it's really surprising to me to see a game that's triple A such as this, where everything else in the game is just polished as can be. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous game, but when it comes to the drivers, the the avatars are just goofy looking. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter which one it is, but they just they're the most stiff, doll like. I mean, just. I, I, they've, I don't know. I'm, I'm really surprised as to the art direction of these characters because it just leaves a lot to be desired. And I see what, what they're trying to do with it. And I want, you know, a, a, a realistic looking driver um, to be in the car and that sort of thing. But 
man, they've really got to go back to the drawing board on that. Um, the other thing too, that's worth noting is when it comes to the lottery system. So in the past, it's been great because you can basically either win more credits like bonus credits, or you can win cars, which that's what the game is about. The game is about racing cars. In Forza Horizon 4, they've now added a bunch of meaningless like emotes and Clothes. outfits. Yeah. yeah. And like just, just these these driver-oriented things that catchphrases you can say. Yeah. Yeah. Like quite honestly, like I could care less about because right. again, I'm not playing a game that is character focused. I'm playing a game that's driver focused, like like car focused. So I want to be able to, especially because those things don't come around very often, I want it to focus on just either credits that allow me to buy more cars or just cars in general. And so anytime, like I, like for instance, I'll have like the mega lottery thing, the three that go at once. There have been times when like I'll get two out of three slots or maybe all three slots that have nothing but driver paraphernalia in there. And I got to tell you, dude, I'm pretty disappointed. I'm like, yeah. really? This whole thing got wasted on stuff that I honestly don't care about. I don't care about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that perhaps in Forza Horizon 5, they'll be able to polish that out a bit. One thing I would like to see in Forza Horizon 5 that is, I was mentioning in Forza Horizon 3, is the replay system. Where if, once you finish a race that you can go through and show replay and whatnot and they allow you to look at the car from different angles but they're all fixed angles if you look at something like gran turismo you have almost like cameras or something on the track and you can have all these dynamic different replays which is nice and if you look at the beginning of the game or even if like the, the trailer for the game they know that angles and and whatnot make a difference and I'm not sure why they just don't incorporate that in the game because I I could care less now th to see the replay. Mm. I, I didn't I didn't look at the replays in Horizon. Yeah, I 3. haven't watched a single one in, in four. Yeah, I mean I think sometimes when I was on the Hot Wheels track, I would do a replay and try and get the angle just right to take a picture of it. But that's that was it. I never mm. used the replay function. Well, I will tell you, Russ. They do show more detail. On like on like if you, if you go through a mud puddle or you get your car dirty something like that they do show a lot more dirt and grime muck on the car they do and they do show like if you you know get hit or you get in a bunch of wrecks and don't fix it there's more damage stuff that's done to the car and you'll notice like in the uh, the rims like the ha the hubcap or not no cars in the going to have hubcaps in the game but that like the rims mm -hmm. a lot of the rims have more shadowing on them too. They have, they've, they've spent a lot of time with the lighting. Oh, the detail everywhere has been ratcheted up. I mean, like I said, it's a to me, it's a gorgeous game. You'll notice the cars have a little more paint flake in them, too, when the light hits it. It's not so... In, in 3, it was more... I'm just searching for the word. It's kind of like if you compare a nice LCD panel with a plasma panel. The plasma is going to look more like uh, rich in color. And more vibrant, but it's not necessarily natural looking, mm. if you know what I mean. But if you look at an LCD, the LCD's vibrance is toned down, but it looks more natural as if you were looking through a window. And that's mm. how this game is, but the res is kicked up a bit. Okay. What are your thoughts on one of the main features, which is the season change? 
Yeah, I mean, that that's cool. I mean, you could tell they're really proud of it. Uh, I, haven't, I don't think I've played it enough to really enjoy it. I mean, I'm spring, you're going to get some sun and rain. Summer, you're going to get all sun. Um, I don't know. For me, I actually like it. I think... Um I think it's cool to be able to revisit like the certain locations I've already raced at and just see how it looks different. Also how it plays different. <clears throat> I will say that the snow is probably my least favorite out of all four seasons. Love springtime. And I really love summertime. Fall is cool too. Um, but I found myself thinking about horizon three. See, I really love the snow in horizon three because it, it was confined to blizzard mountain. And the way that they had Blizzard Mountain set up was just a joyride as it applies to snow and ice. It was, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was just really, really fun and cool to do. Whereas in Forza Horizon 4, at least the races that I've done in the snow have felt more like a chore hmm. than a joyride. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that's kind of a, a, a small gripe. Yeah, I, I mean, they were really touting it at E3 saying, oh, we got seasons and this and that. I mean, pretty much everything you said, but when you're playing the game, it, it, it looks different. And then, you know, there, there's some play differences, but it's not major differences. Well, and I think as we go along in the game and we just we're able to race in more areas of the country, we'll be able to have a stronger appreciation for it because we were only about, what, eight hours in? Yeah. There's one thing I was going to mention when I first got the game and I was loading it up um, at some point before I, I put the game in, I had lost power. And of course that resets the internet and the Xbox doesn't remember the password for the internet. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it in there again. And so this game was loading and I still, I forgot I had to put the password in at that time. And so I was trying to play the game and it wouldn't let me play the game. At all. Hmm. And there is no way to play the game without the internet. Even if you didn't want to link up with anybody. There's, it's and, and so I took a picture of what was on my screen. It said, sign in needed. You may not proceed without being signed into a profile. So if I was offline or let's just say I was in an area in the world where I didn't have a strong internet connection. And I couldn't play Xbox Live. I can't buy, I can't buy or play Oh, I can buy it, but I can't play it. Hmm. I thought, huh, what if I just want to play the tracks, like the showcases, or, you know, I mean, don't they have programmed vehicles in there? They just race with me? Weird. Indeed. Do you have any concluding thoughts? Well, Russ, we live in an age where you can get digital updates. Man, I'm sure, well, I, I hope... That playground maybe will have some tricks up their sleeve, and they're not just going to release DLC, you know, continually like the James Bond pack, which I might get. That actually looks really good. Yeah, it does look really good. So I hope they they do bring out some more stability patches and oh, you know, they whatever, whatnot. Yeah, I don't I don't know if a full review can be given until we play it on Xbox One X because yeah, I mean that's well. Plus the game is huge. I mean, like you've put in, I think. Easily 100 hours into Horizon 3. I'd be curious to know how many hours you put in there entirely. 105? No, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I, th I think you would be shocked as to how much time you put into that game. But you you still haven't completed it, right? That you still no, have I've more? done it. I beat it. Oh, you did beat it? Yeah, I just like to go back and play it. Man, I totally want to like 
look up your profile and see how many hours do you it. put it in there. Do it, Russ. Don't can't you don't look up the Xbox app on your phone. Can you do that? Well, yeah, I just don't know how, how long it's gonna take. Well, I'm sure you can uh, edit it out there. We live in the age of editing. You know what I'm yeah, this is more work for me. <laughs> Don't be lazy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you brought up the topic. You didn't finish it. I'm going uh, to have you edit this instead. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. What does this button do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, doing a search here. Let's see. Uh, uh, I go to my friends. I'm going to play Clash of Clans while you do this. Uh, Got to do a little search here. Oh, there you are. There you are. Steve. Should be at the top. Uh, you, you're close to the top, that's for sure. Let's take a look here. Let's. You know, I'm not even sure where. Okay, Forza Horizon Four. Uh, oh, you're already ahead of me in Forza Horizon Four. You currently um, are 12 percent complete, or as I am, nine percent. Thank you. <clears throat> now, okay, th okay, this is achievements. Actually, I'm sorry, this is not the progress. This is achievements. You are ahead of me in achievements. You were also ahead of me in achievements for Forza Horizon 3, but actually you're not as far as long as I thought you'd be. You only have 38% of Forza Horizon 3's achievements unlocked. Mm -hmm. That is uh, a little surprising, Steve. I, surprising in a disappointing way? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, yeah, Steve. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. How many hours do you think you have played Forza Horizon 3? I'll start off with me because you kidnapped my game. <laughs> I uh, had a total of 56 hours played. I got double that easy. Because part, let me just interject. Mm. If our listeners will remember, we talked about this back when the episode was taking place in the closet, you know, for sound dead. Oh, yes. oh, yes. I was playing the game here. Actually, I think I said that tonight. Actually, you know, we rewinded a little bit. I said that tonight. Mm. So part of that 56 hours is mine. It's indeed. Absolutely. So I'll just go through mine first. So, to so total time played, 56 hours. Cars owned, 72. Mm -hmm. uh, fans earned are, let's see, uh, I have 1,721,258. Oh, I was going to say 1.4. Uh, and my amount of XP earned looks like it is uh, about 1,303,362. Yeah. Okay, now let's go back up a time plan. <laughs> I have 56 hours. Yeah. You have a grand total of 303 hours hmm. invested in Forza Horizon 3. That's okay. Sounds about right. Uh, you have 199 cars that you own. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Steve, you have 25,027,517 fans. Yeah, they like me as a lot. A, as a core, yeah. uh, you know, opposed to me, I'm which a, I'm a celebrity. I uh, am just shy of two mil. <laughs> and your XP is ridiculous, too. It's uh, 7,816,462. So that's where my surprise comes in, just because you should have unlocked a lot more than 38% of the achievements in that game, Steve. Well, I don't really look at the achievement list and say, what can I do to get an achievement? You know, achievements are like... 303 whatever. hours of playtime. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Russ. And I'm disappointed in you. 
I wonder how much uh, <laughs> <laughs> what that was uh, in comparison to my Final Fantasy VII hours. Oh, man. I don't... Hmm. <sighs> I'd be willing to bet that Final Fantasy VII probably has more. Maybe. <clears throat> well, do, do you have any concluding thoughts, Russ? I do. I am very much enjoying the game. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's easy to just pick up and start playing. I hope that they're able to patch up some of the um, show-stopping bugs that are still um, existing in the game. I like the idea of the season changes. I think it's cool because it allows, like I said, a refreshing experience to return to certain areas of the, the country that I've already raced and kind of have a different kind of look, different kind of playthrough experience. I love the music. I really look forward to playing through, especially because you will never give back my Horizon 3. <laughs> so it's nice to have a Horizon 4 to play. And like I said, I really do look forward to seeing where they take this series because I really like the idea of going from country to country and really just immerse myself in the beauty that's exclusive to each and every country. So that brings up a point, <clears throat> Russ. I have one more concluding thought. Okay. Now, I would like to see them take a little more time to bring out the next Forza Horizon. Reason being is I want to see some brand new cars come through. A lot of pretty much every car that's in here is within the last one. There's almost pretty much nothing new. Yeah, I think how many think cars the, do they the have? Senna is is new, but they must uh, have like 500 cars. No, nah, I only got 500 cars. I mean, you yeah, unlocked what 200 in Forza Horizon Three? I have a lot of them. Yeah. I have the majority of them. <laughs> How many cars do you want? A lot. But I remember even uh, where I was left off in Horizon 3, I had a ton of the exotic cars. I was a happy man. I'm happier. <laughs> well, I, I imagine you are. Now, what if they were to take it to like Switzerland? Uh, or Italy? Uh, now, it's funny you say that, Steve. Or because uh, apparently Forza Horizon 2 took place somewhere in Italy. Did it? I, I, w I mean, because Forza Horizon 2 to me was just like a big frat party and I kind of lost interest. Did you play it? I, 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 I played the demo. It was like, yo, this is, this is Horizon, bro. And I was like, uh, let's hop in the Lambos. Let's go for a spin. I don't know. Right, whatever. Well, anyway, but what about, uh, what about New Zealand as a, uh, Landscape, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying, Russ? Hey, well, I for one would like to see a few other countries come into the mix yeah. because we've had Australia, yeah. we have Britain now. Yeah. 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 You know, it'd be nice to return to yeah. Z no, not return, yeah. but yeah. visit yeah. New Zealand, mm -hmm. perhaps uh, three horizons from now. But like, I want an off-road course around them where they have the setting of the Shire. I love. <laughs> no comment. Okay, goodbye. It was appreciated, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. I want to go to Japan. Yeah, why don't they bring it to Japan? Well, that's what I'm saying. Because every time I've ever raced in Japan, it's always been, oh, here are the the the, the racetracks that exist yeah. in Japan. Or like, you know, Project Gotham Racing at least had like some parts sectioned off. And I don't even know how accurate that was. Uh, but I was a big fan of the PGR series. And... 
I mean, can you imagine having the entire country of Japan be available to you? We're like, you're going through like downtown Tokyo versus well, like the countryside of Japan. That'd I was going to say, there's some beautiful spots of Japan with like, you know, out in the, uh, out in the wilderness with volcanoes yeah. and lakes and cherry blossom trees every, oh man, oh, they, they, they could have some fun with, with Japan. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Joy Guys. Make sure you tune in next week as we talk about Soul Calibur 6 impressions which i believe drops on friday and i'm going to force steve to play thanks for hanging out with us if you enjoyed this episode we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm for exclusive and early access to the show also you can follow us on social media and youtube just do a search for joygasm tv in addition to itunes and android you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn radio stitcher spotify and of course soundcloud.com slash joygasm tv Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live. If you did so this past week, Steve and I were racing together on Forza Horizon 4. But we do so every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next week. Right now.